Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester, arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello, and you are listening to Worcester Culture Watch. My name is Victor Infante. I'm the entertainment editor for the Telegram and Gazette and the content editor for Worcester Magazine. And I am just a small cog in the cosmic empire that is Gannett Publishing. Right. <laughs> um, yes. So that's the new big news of the week. Um, the Telegram and Gazette and its various affiliated newspapers, including Worcester Magazine, um, are now part of Gannett Publishing after a merger between the former Gannett and Gatehouse Media. If you are confused out there in the world, it makes no difference. It's the no. same people putting out your newspaper every yeah. day. Every, everything here for now is the same. We just got a new daddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, the, we, I, and I do need to check to see if this counts in our, in our um, buy credits mm-hmm. because or sale credits. Because we, the Telegram and Gazette and the Philadelphia Inquirer were going neck and neck for being the most sold papers in America. Oh, okay. Under, I, in Gatehouse papers? Or? No, oh. in general, for like the space of 10 years. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. like, like, or twenty years, I think maybe, but um, both had been sold, bought and sold so many times that they were neck and neck and at the top. Oh, this, I, I this is all mean. apocryphal. Yeah, I don't know. I've not actually seen hard data on this. Yeah, but I think we might have just beat the Philadelphia Inquirer if this counts. <laughs> well, I, you know. That's that's an, that's something. It's something. It's Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. they're going to send some weird sports mascot off to be mad at us or something. Yes. Yeah. No, people ask me all the time, "Well, how does this affect your job?" And I'm like, "It doesn't." Right. I it, mean, it might in the corporate level down the road somewhere, but yeah. But on the day to day, it's the weather. <laughs> right. It doesn't until it does because you know the. The, the the games that executives play and uh, the shareholder side of it is very much not our business. Right, exactly. Uh, it's, it really only becomes our business when they say, all right, one of you has to go. Yeah, yeah. and we're not there yet. Right. But nobody nobody's coming in here and saying you have to write different. No, that's not how that's, it works. That's not no, how it works no, at all. No. Anyways, I'm joined here in the studio with Worcester Magazine reporter Bill Shainer. Hi, Bill. Hi, how are you? I'm railing against the man. Can't, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not railing against the man. I'm I'm a guy who's dealing with the weather. Right. Um, right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. But the fact of the matter is, we have a lovely, lovely Worcester Magazine today. Yeah, we're still out here trying. Beautiful photos. Um, we've also got a really good um, holiday handbook. So we have two very pretty products that were, you will find inserted in your Telegram and Gazette or on your favorite n- newsstands at convenience or gas store station or wherever you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the young man you've got interviewed on the cover of WOMAG today. Yeah, his name is uh, Andre Gomez, and he goes by his sort of artistic name is Dre from the Woo. Uh, he's a photographer and a videographer. Uh, and he, over the past three years, has you know racked up some pretty high-profile clientele. He's worked with Wiz Khalifa, T.I., uh, a, a new sort of rising star from Atlanta named Ayanis, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a bunch of other people. He's, he's shot uh, Post Malone. He's shot um, Lil Yachty. He is uh, he he's very much like a, a kid from Worcester who is 
on the verge of like making a successful career in hip hop. Uh, and he just put a book out sort of, uh, cataloging the first three years of his career and it's really a very interesting read. He sent me a, a PDF version of it, and I, I was, I was flipping through it, and it's like tour pictures, um, artistic pictures, and everything is accompanied by little journal type scribes. Uh, and it's called Almost, and it's coming out. Uh, no, it came out yesterday. Came out yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a gorgeous. I mean, the cover photo is a self portrait that he took of him. You can see him with the camera shooting yeah. himself on a tricycle. Right. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's a great shot. He's got a great eye. He really does. Very very talented photographer, uh, and uh, I think that, I mean, the the shots that he has of. Like there's a shot in here of uh, of Post Malone that mm-hmm. is a really good sort of captures what Post Malone is all about. But there's also a shot of just his friend Sarah, two of them that just look amazing in print, and they're the, really cool. The gorgeous shot of Sarah Garcia looking at herself in two pieces of a mirror yeah. is absolutely stunning. Yeah, he's really really good. Absolutely yeah. stunning. So it was. Uh, this story was almost like an excuse to get really good art into the paper. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> because, and I don't really need much of an excuse to do right, that. Because <laughs> anytime we have the opportunity to do that, we should. Exactly. Uh, and and his life story is, is pretty interesting. I think it's just like uh, being like a Worcester kid and then actually like getting the opportunity to do, to do this kind of stuff is cool. Excellent. Well, and, you know, it's a good story. It's a pretty, it's a pretty straightforward story. You know, yep. young, young artist on the rise. He is one of many young artists that are seem to be coming out of the inner city Worcester and the, you know, right. the Worcester old Worcester neighborhoods that are yep. doing some really, really interesting work. And I'm always interested to see what comes out of that. Right. And I was, I asked him about like sort of the, uh, the hip hop scene in Worcester and how it's doing. And he was like, it's good. There's a lot of talent here, but there's nothing, there's no like focal point or like, like a, a venue or somewhere where they can like congregate and amplify each other's voices, yeah. which is just a perennial problem. I feel it like, really is like, there's so much, uh, there's so much talent in Worcester in like the hip hop world, but you don't often hear about it. It's like they, Worcester isn't considered a place, uh, really where that where where that happens which is funny because so much of what's coming out of Worcester right now is spectacular right right you, you know i started i've started work on putting together my favorite albums list for for the year mm-hmm. which will come out at the end of december and there is so much Worcester hip hop in it right, <laughs> i mean i'll just right. say that I'll, I'll just come out and say that and there's some boston hip hop in there too right but you know, there's just the quality of the work is so spectacular, and there are so many artists, and everybody knows Joiner. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, you know, a lot of people are sleeping on Lou Gons or um, producer DJ Manipulator, mm-hmm. or who does our credits, of course. <laughs> um, um, Ghost of the Machine, Death Over Simplicity, Leon Legacy. Um, they are just Ashley Dage. Mm-hmm. There's some spectacular work being done out there, and I really am always, always happy to be able to share more of it right. out there. So we're not going to be here next week. Um, we're going to actually, you know, have Thanksgiving. <laughs> We're not going to come into the newspaper. Yeah, they're the uh, they're they're going to come in and unchain you from your desk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're actually going to go have a holiday. For I, a slight reprieve. I, it's funny because I almost I have kind of like like holiday guilt because 
I, you know, I've worked in the new, main newsroom when yeah. you didn't get holidays off. Right. And, you know, used to, you know, sometimes you did, sometimes you didn't. And I was, when I was starting out, I was a low man on the chain. So yeah, I was working Christmas. Right, right. And, you know, have relatives be like, well, can't you tell them you have to go have Christmas dinner with your family? I'm like, like everybody else doesn't have that. Right, too. right. So yeah, no, I am now in a position where I don't actually work on holidays. Um, it's different. It's weird. Um, but no, hometown heroes. Now, hometown heroes, and I will admit this was hard for us to put together short notice because it was something that Womag has usually spent about a year planning. Right in past iterations, it was definitely there was a there was a long process of selection. Yeah, which uh, I was never really party to, so I didn't know how it worked. Uh, and obviously, given the the changes uh, this year. That didn't happen. No, no. Um, so considering staffing changes, um, we kind of came up on it and realized we had no plan and a blind panic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fr- no, okay. Maybe a little. No, actually, no. That was pretty much it. <laughs> can't but even try to walk that one. I back. can't walk it back. Yeah. No, I no. But the the best the good thing to d- that we learned out of this is, and I think this is really an important thing as we go into this hometown heroes thing and this Thanksgiving issue um we're not alone in doing this right you know i was able to call up downstairs for help with telegram and gazette Mm -hmm. and 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 they came through with some you know some writers and some recommendations um so there was that backstop which was nice right um i was also able to reach out to people in the community whose whose opinions i valued Mm -hmm. and those people were there for us too with lists of suggestions and I think that is a important. It's really easy to be looking at journalism these days, especially like you're sort of alone in a fallout shelter, <laughs> right? And counting the rations, counting the rations. Somebody really throws have. somebody throws Doritos over the cubicle wall at you <laughs> once in a while. You know they're not allowed to have bottles of whiskey in your desk anymore. That went out in the seventies. But such, um, such a shame. it is. It really is. I missed all of that. <laughs> Me too. But um, I got but, a little bit of that in my interview for a long time. <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah, you've got. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll hold off on tell uh, reveal spilling the beans on who you've got. But I right. I think it is one that that personally I think a lot of people in the newsroom are going to be excited to read. If you can figure out who I'm interviewing based on that one little joke. Let me know. I think I, I think you can. Yeah. I think a lot. Of, I think there's a few people who can. Right. But it is something that we are excited about, and yeah, it's. But it was nice to know that there when you you when you that when I, we needed to ask for help. Yeah. It happened. People came through. Right. 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 Not just here, but both in the community and outside. And it's it's good to remember that we can do that sometimes. Yeah, and it's also good to remember that there are some people that want Worcester Magazine to exist. It's true. It's very good. That's nice to know. It's true. You know, and it's like we sometimes it can feel it it can feel. And I know this is true for journalism everywhere, and I'm sure it's true. Uh, you know, every you know, every place where people are scribbling words from trying to tell what's going on in their world but it can feel it can feel lonely it for really sure, can for sure it can feel if it can feel like nobody cares and you know you're writing for a bunch of facebook trolls 
Yeah, yeah, the, the, the negative people are the loudest. Too. They really are. But yeah. so, yeah. Such it, is the way with the internet. So, the, to not, one, be able to f- be able to ask for help and get it, mm-hmm. which is a sign that people actually care. Right, right. <laughs> and to be able to focus on people who give back to their communities, who, who, have, who have been leaders, they've been mentors, they've been activists. And I think that's a valuable thing. And I actually wanted wanted to do this hometown heroes thing right because it is, to my mind, one of the most important things Womack does. Right. I you know I I did want it to do it justice. Well, just knowing who we we've selected, I think that it is a diverse, interesting, thought provoking group of people. It really uh, is that uh, I think everyone can can find something in it and take away like, yeah, of course that person totally deserves to be named a hometown hero for, for this or that reason. So I think it's going to be a good package. I think people are going to like it. I think I'm all, I'm very excited about, I went from maybe we shouldn't do this to I'm very excited about this in the space of a few days. Right. Right. (laughs) That sort of all came together. And I think that's important for a magazine like Worcester magazine to do those sorts of, institutional things mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, cause they, it's like a placemaking sort of thing. It, it, it grounds it in the community. Exactly. And it's, it's nice. And I like that. And it's one of the reasons I liked your cover story today too, is because it's those sorts of stories that give us a sense of who people in our community are. Right. Right. Cause sometimes in the news business, we can only see people at their worst. True. Very true. And it makes you think that that's all, if you're not, if you're not yeah. looking at people, right. you're just looking at people at their worst. Yeah, if you're only reading the the local A section, it's just it's just crime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons I I didn't want to go back into being a political reporter was that I got really tired of just not being able to have any any faith in humanity whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that's it's. Uh, and yeah. I was I having was, done court. Reporting. Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it can be. So yeah, so I, I I like when we have an opportunity to shine lights on people that are doing something that's beautiful, or something they're trying to make the place better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, and we might you know when we see next week's issue, we might not all agree on where everybody else is coming. All each ever, no one person might agree where all of these people are coming from. Right, but. At the end of the day, they are all very different people trying to make their communities better. And that I actually can respect. For sure. All right. I think that about does it for our first half. We're going to sign off listening to a little bit of Gracie Day. So well, I could drive with closed eyes. I wanna go where no one knows the girl I used to be. It's time to leave her behind. I've outgrown this town. If you want me, just Tennessee, where the holds were loud and 
been listening to Tennessee by Gracie Day. You can listen, you can read my review of Gracie Day's recent album, The Nashville Sessions, in this week's Worcester Magazine or online at telegram.com or worcestermag.com or Unity. You can find out more here on Unity Radio 97.9 FM. I don't know anymore. I, I We're in too many places. I get confused easily now. Anyways, we are back, and Bill Shaner has left the studio, and we are now joined by entertainment reporter Richard Duckett. How are you today, Richard? I'm fine, Victor. Thank you. I am being. A, I am an incoherent mess today, as always. Um, today, uh, we were talking earlier, in, inserted into the Telegram and Gazette and Worcester Magazine and every um, newspaper that Gannett owns in central Massachusetts, was something called the Holiday Handbook, which we put together. And it's got, a, amongst other things, a guide to upcoming events um, this next season. And one of the couple of the big ones are coming up pretty soon here. So what is on the horizon that you're seeing? Yeah, well, there are lots of great shows coming up. Um, two of the largest productions in terms of scale, participants, uh, will be The Nutcracker, uh, at the Hanover Theatre. Um, that's going to be right after Thanksgiving from November 29th to December 1st. And then Cirque du Soleil is coming back to town um, from December 5th to the 8th. So they're, they're both big shows. Um, for Nutcracker, 
production at the Hanover isn't the only production of the Nutcracker no. that's going on uh, uh, this year. I mean, there are others. Um, there's, uh, there's there's um, one at Mechanics that's, Hall. That's Dance Prison, by right? By Dance Prison, that's right. Yeah, I mean, they've been coming to the Mechanics Hall for 38-plus years. Indeed. And uh, uh, that's always... That's always um, uh, well-regarded, well-received um, performance. But uh, the Nutcracker at the Hanover Theatre has a cast of over um, 100 um, dancers, young children, too professional. Uh, there are five performances uh, over the course of um, uh, November 29th to December 1st. Uh, there's a full orchestra. You know, the it's actually the Hanover. It's called the Hanover Theatre Nutcracker Orchestra. So the production has its own, its own, you know, full scale orchestra. It's been a tradition at the Hanover for the past twelve years, which is as long as the Hanover has been running there. So um, uh, it is a big event, um, and it all hinges on one important character, young Clara, who uh, <laughs> is is the young girl who gets transported from her living room where at a party she's given a toy nutcracker dressed as a soldier and then she falls asleep and finds herself whisked off to uh, various places including the land of sweets um and so it's a key role uh, this year um Jennifer Agbay, who's the artistic director of um, the, the ha- of the uh, Nutcracker production, um, and the dance director at the Hanover Theatre Conservatory, she's cast two Claras for the five performances. I mean, they won't be on stage at the same time, but one will do two shows, the other one three. Uh, one is Madison Rizzo, Madison Rizzo of Charlton, the other is Emma LeBlanc of Paxton, and they're both twelve. Wow. So that's that that that's this is a big opportunity. Is this their first time doing a production of this size, or have they? Well, they've both been in the uh, the Nutcracker before, um, just not five or, five or six times, I think. But uh, but yeah, you're right. This is it's certainly big uh, for somebody uh, that age uh, to be cast as Clara. Yeah, mean, that is a big deal. A principal part there, and one of the most well, probably the most well known ballet part. <laughs> yeah, 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 and. Um, not only that, this um, production of um, uh, the Nutcracker this year at the Hanover has a has a new set uh, made possible by Mary DeFudis, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who gave a gift of two hundred thousand dollars for the set. Wow! Um, yeah, and I, I, I gather, without having seen it, but myself, but I gather that the set is sort of rather like a. Pop-up sort of thing, uh, but oh. uh, each each scene is like a each new scene is like a is like a pop-up out of a book, and uh, it's traditional uh, looking. Um, of course, the production is in costumes, so um, you know the Nutcracker. It's interesting; um, has a long history, but not as long, long as you think. I mean, it goes back. Originally to Tchaikovsky writing mm-hmm. a score uh, that was put on at the, the Marinsky Theater, Marinsky Theater in Russia uh, in the 1890s, but uh, it wasn't until the 1950s that Nutcracker became an American tradition, and that was when George Balanchine um, uh, choreographed a version, and it took off and became successful, uh, and Worcester. 
there were productions of a Nutcracker for years at the Worcester Memorial Auditorium, mm. uh, the Boston Ballet. Boston Ballet, I should say, and a couple of other groups uh, used to come in annually. Um, then it looked like it might uh, sort of die a death here, but J Jennifer Agbe um, helped keep it going, first of all, at the Performing Arts School of Worcester, uh, which is no longer in existence. Then Jennifer Agbe formed her own company, um, Ballet Arts Worcester, which staged it at places like Clark University. And then um, then she put it on at the Hanover Theatre when the Hanover Theatre opened. And now Ballet, and then Ballet Arts Worcester merged into become the uh, Hanover Theatre Conservatory. And Jennifer mm. Agbe is a director of dance at the conservatory. And so, in a way, it's been her life work uh, putting on this production every year, and um, and she sees the new set as uh, sort of like a crowning achievement. Well, and well, it's, it sounds like while she's there, I mean, that is one of the most anticipated shows, point point blank. Yeah, yeah, it's remarkable. As, as I said, it's not the only one. Also coming up at. Uh, uh, at the uh, Hanover Theatre at the end of the year, December 29th, we've got the Hop Nutcracker coming. So, and that uh, looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, so uh, so uh, that's not brand new, but um, it's, 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 it's got a good reputation for um, breathing some fresh air in, into it. Definitely. And it's, it is, you know, it is, it, it seems fitting that people, that, Groups would want to take a different take on the tradition, try to maintain what makes it the Nutcracker, but right. translate it to a new form. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the music, I mean, the music is just breathtaking. Oh, it is. It's gorgeous. Tchaikovsky. Uh, so that always helps hold it together, no matter, no matter what you do to it. Uh, it is. And it's one of those things, you know, it, it, it is such, even though it's a more recent tradition than most people might think it is. Well, most of most of our Christmas traditions are actually much more recent than people will think they are. Yes, uh, Charles Dickens basically invented the holiday as we know it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, but yeah, it is it is that Nutcracker Christmas Carol, which I'm sure we'll talk about on a later show. Those those are those are things that are just so integral to the holiday now. Even you know, almost everybody has gone seen both of those things at one point or another in their life. That's right. That's very true. So, you know, it's really exciting. But that's not the only exciting show that's coming up here, is it? No. Another sort of tradition of sorts is uh, Cirque du Soleil coming, in, coming to town uh, this time of year, actually, at the uh, DCU Center. And often, uh, well, several on several occasions in Worcester, they've brought in a new show uh, they've just put up. Uh, and that's the case with Axel which is um, going to be at the DCU Center from December 5th through 8th. Um, and it's Cirque du Soleil on ice, you might say. Um, it's not the first ice production that Cirque du Soleil has had. They were here with Crystal a couple of years ago. But uh, it's a combination of, um, of acrobatics, ice skating, ice performances, uh, a rock band, rock singers. Um, 
There is a storyline, but as with most Cirque du Soleil storylines, kind of an impressionistic. Uh, yeah, story I, I, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, I've I've understood one totally uh, uh, of of all the Cirque du Soleil shows I've seen. So, uh, so the storyline is just there, you know. And as you say, it's uh, it's a visual treat and. Uh, I think it's going to be a sound treat as well because they're going to have um, uh, the band playing some some classic uh, pop and rock songs. Um, it has to do, I think, with a young man named Axel and his friends. And, hmm. uh, and uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, An he, Axel in a rock band. Yeah, you yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, he uh, both is both a performer, so. We get to see him perform, but he also has a more introverted side, ah. uh, which uh, I think I think that's the plot. Um, so there you are. Uh, it's brand new, um, and I spoke with uh, Fabrice Lemire, who Lemire, who is technically the artistic director. He, his role really is to travel with the show and keep the vision of the, of the original creators together and keep the performers happy. And among the performers uh, is Alex Wu, who is not an acrobat or ice skater, but he's actually a martial arts person. And uh, I spoke with him and he has a he, he's one of he's one of Axel's. He plays one of Axel's friends, and uh, he puts on a martial arts demonstration uh, in the show as well. And he's he's originally from Boston and um, had a lifelong dream of actually being in Cirque du Soleil. So now his dream is um, coming true. Well, I mean, it, it's it's for somebody who dreams has circus dreams, if you will, because that that's that's a pretty common, you know fantasy of you know wanting to be a performer of wanting to you know that that the big top not isn't not being what it was anymore you know those old days are gone but Cirque du Soleil is ascending I mean still yeah it uh it goes back to uh 1982 a town in Quebec which was uh uh, probably still is an artist haven, and then mm. some street performers got together and put on a festival, and that's how Cirque du Soleil began. And it, now, now it has the world headquarters in uh, Montreal and performs all over the world, and has about three thousand competitors that are have snuck yes. the word Cirque into yes. their names. That's right to try to get past. Them. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, yeah. Just pull one over, but you know, it, it is it is they are the leaders in what a circus is now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're, they're continuing to innovate. And, um, and Fabrice is, uh, likes to; he thinks the show this Axel will will run for at least two years. Mm. Uh, its premiere is going to be December nineteenth in Montreal. Oh, so we're coming. So it just it, it hit the road. Uh, the show hit the road in uh, Syracuse in October. Uh, it's been, it was in Roanoke, Virginia, when I spoke to a couple of people on the phone. Uh, after the DCU Center, Axel will go up to Quebec, and then the world premiere will be in Montreal after that. Wow. So we're getting, we're getting it even before the premiere. We're getting in the warm-up shows, as it were. Yeah, yeah. It's an evolving show. I think... Uh, each each performance is is, is a little different at mm. the moment as uh, as as they 
define it and redefine it and uh, get get it into 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 tip top shape. Um, as I said, it's envisioned that it will tour for two years, and there's a sort of roadmap for um, four or five years um, in terms of taking it to different places and where it might end up. Well, that sounds really exciting. And of course, if you are interested in finding out more about these shows and other things coming up in the Worcester area, one, you can consult our holiday handbook in t- today's paper. Plus, you can read our arts and entertainment coverage online at telegram.com, wistermag.com, and probably a few other places because we tend to put things on social media all over the place. But there's a lot coming up, and I really do hope you're paying attention to our calendars out there because there's, a, there's, there's so much coming up coming up in the next few month, weeks. We have like one kind of quiet week coming up. Right, and then it stops being quiet for a while. Yes, yeah. There's one weekend coming up where, my goodness, so uh, you would have to be able to divide yourself into five different people to uh, take in everything. It, it, it's it's amazing. It's it's impossible, and it's actually it's a really good time to be in Worcester. Why don't we leave it at that? Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, you have been listening to Worcester Culture Watch on Telegram.com and WorcesterMag.com, and of course Unity Radio ninety-seven point nine FM in Worcester. Um, I'm your host, Victor Infante. Of course, as always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. We'll be off next week for Thanksgiving, but we'll see you after that. Thank you and good night. Mm-hmm.